I'm Stuart Hardy with All In Sports Outreach, and I'm so excited to share episode number 95 of our podcast with you. Today you're going to hear from Coach Scotty Walden. Coach Walden is currently the wide receiver coach of the University of Southern Miss in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. He's married to Callie, incredible man of God. I can't wait for you to hear his story, his passion. Get ready. There's a lot in this episode, a lot of takeaways. I know you're going to be encouraged, so without further delay, let's jump right into it. Well, thanks for joining me today, Coach Walden. Hey, thanks for having me, Coach. Really appreciate uh, the opportunity. You bet. So I always like to start these off with some background information. So if you don't mind just kind of giving the listeners a little bit of info about yourself and where you grew up, your family growing up, and your family today. Sure, yeah. So I grew up in Fort Worth, Texas, uh, specifically in uh, Hearst, Texas, and then uh, going into my Junior year, my family and I, uh, we moved down. Was my mom? I was raised with my mom and grandma. We all lived in the same house. Uh, the rest of my family lived down in Cleburne, which is just thirty minutes south of Fort Worth. And going into my junior year, we we moved down there. Um, and so I finished high school there, um, uh, there at Cleburne High School, and then um, from there went off to college. And and you know, today my family still lives in Cleburne, and um, you know, I met my wife there in Cleburne. You know, we met in. Uh, Actually, been algebra class there, so uh, you know that was a that was a cool uh, cool thing in the move, I guess. You know, getting to, getting to meet her uh, when I moved to Cleveland in high school, and so we've been together since uh, since uh, my junior year. So she's still sticking with me. I don't know, wow. I don't know how she's she, 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 she's crazy, but <laughs> but she's uh, we're still together and having a great time. But um, but grew up there and then went off to college and played college football at three different universities. And, um, ended up coaching, getting uh, getting my first coaching opportunity at the last school I played at, Sol Ross State University. And uh, then from there, I went to East Texas Baptist University. And um, and now I'm at my, my third stop uh, here at uh, the University of Southern Mississippi. That's awesome. So growing up, was a did you grow up in a family of faith? And then at what point did you realize you needed that personal relationship with Jesus? Yeah, we, I, we did actually, you know, grew up in a family of faith. My, my, my grandmother was a um, was a big time, uh, she's a big time Methodist. And so she, you know, she was, uh, she was pushing that really hard. And, um, you know, she was uh, really a, a great spiritual leader in our family. Uh, my mom, um, as well, uh, you know, was, uh, she, she, she went through a lot in her childhood and things like that. And so she found Christ in a, um, a little, little, little bit different way, not necessarily in the, in the church, but through her adversities and, um, you know, and, and my, my grandmother, her mother, uh, I thought did a great job of guiding her in that. And then, um, she became a, a big time influential person in my life and my faith. And, uh, so she was just, uh, very, very, um, present and very, very, um, knowledgeable about, uh, you know, how important your walk with Jesus is, you know, growing up. And I thought that was really beneficial in my life and, and something that, uh, you know, uh, I want to be for my kids one day. Um, and so that was, uh, that was kind of our, our family background. Um, you know, a big point in my life, you know, be honest coach, when, uh, I realized that, you know, my walk with Christ was, was a really big deal was not, um, necessarily in high school or junior high or anything like that. I kind of just, you know, I was a typical kid went, you know, kind of went through the motions like yeah, go to church mm-hmm. every now and then go to FCA. I got, I got involved in FCA a little bit in high school. Um, but it wasn't necessarily a, uh, just a big deal to me, you know? Um, but I think when I, when I got to college is when I really started to get around some good dudes that, um, number one, I saw them, there were guys I played with and there were guys that were very talented, but they're also like just good people. And, and I typically, the guys I've been around were, 
if they're really talented, they're bad people. They're bad guys, you know what I mean, off the field. And I don't say bad guys, but they made bad choices. And, um, you know, but these guys that I got around were very, very talented. And then uh, they're walking it the right way off the field. And so I kind of that that kind of integrity really, really resonated with me. And so I wanted to, you know, advance my faith in Christ, um, you know, being influenced by those guys. And so, um, you know, I decided to get, you know, <clears throat> I was saved when I was young, but, I, you know, I don't remember any of that. So I decided to, you know, rededicate my life to Christ. Um, actually, and when I was attending um, Hardin Simmons University, and uh, it was we we had a uh, a fields of faith event, uh, which for SCA, which I I thought was awesome, um, and that was in October of 2009 when I, I gave my life back to Christ, and it was a very I remember that moment to this day, and and I did not go to that field with the intentions of doing that at all. Honestly, didn't know what fields of faith was. It was my first time going, and I just kept you know uh, hearing. Uh, different people speak, you know, getting up speaking, and they just the, the it was. I can remember the weather. It was a beautiful night, and it was just it was uh it was a weird deal. And then they they asked everybody to bow their head and say or you know raise your hand if you're ready to accept you know Jesus Christ in your life, whether you accepted Him already or not. Are you ready to you know rededicate your life? Are you re, are you ready to open your heart to Him and let Him in? Mm-hmm. Um, I distinctly remember that, and for some reason, I just was like, I need to raise my hand, and I and I I really you know to this day, couldn't tell you what made me want to do that or, or what, why that thought came in. It just happened. And so, um, I raised my hand and I was with a lot of my teammates, um, they're Harden Simmons and they, uh, you know, they, they were like, uh, I didn't know they knew, you know, because you're also have your head down and, you know, and all that, yeah. you know, so anyway, but I, I, you know, they said, if you raise your hand, come, come down to the field. And I, I went down to the field and got with one of the leaders there on the field and we prayed and, uh, and then all of a sudden, my teammates were there right behind me, you know, and, and I, they weren't supposed to come down on the field, but they did. And I was like, why are y'all, I mean, I, you know, you know, obviously they saw me walk down there, but like, you know, we saw you raise your hand, man, and we're, we're here for you. We love you. And and, uh, and I, I was ready to accept that and take that next leap of faith, that next step of faith in my life. And so that was in October of uh, 2009. And then, um, and then actually, uh, you know, in 2000, and, uh, I guess that was in uh, 2012, uh, the spring of 2009. Uh, 12, I believe, um, it might've been 13. Um, I was at Sol Ross State University. And, um, when I was at Sol Ross, I actually decided, you know, my, we had a, we had a pastor there, um, named, uh, Dan Dunnigan, brother Dan. And he's one of the, um, just strongest guys I've ever met. I mean, he's a guy that he married my wife and I, and, um, he's a guy that, uh, had a, speech uh, issue and he could barely you know talk and read and things like that and he started studying the bible over in china and, and when he was doing some ministry work over there and he began to talk better and he began to and it was just amazing and now he i mean he preaches the gospel and clearly as can be and i mean it's uh uh he's just a he's one of the most strongest men i've ever met and uh one of the most genuine christians i've ever met not somebody who's doing it for the flash and this that he's doing it because he really cares about people he cares about young people's lives so anyway, he and I developed a really strong relationship. And so in that, in that spring, um, I was ready to take a, we, we met weekly and I was ready to take another step and get baptized. And uh, again, I'd gotten baptized as a child, but you know, I, you right. know, that is, you, know you don't, you don't really remember that. And so, uh, you know, brother Dan said, well, meet me at the Sol Ross State swimming pool at uh, 8 a.m. <laughs> so, wow. Uh, I, got, I got baptized at the Sol Ross State swimming pool and, uh, 
in the spring. It was me and him. You know, we didn't care anybody was there or not, and, and we did it. And uh, so that's that's really in college. To answer your question, coaches, is, is when my faith uh, in Jesus, the realization that how important that is, and the steps I needed to take to advance that relationship, and you know, take take steps in faith to show him that I'm ready to accept him into my heart and to uh, uh, become a better man and a better Christian. Um, really, uh, that those, those thoughts became really, really um, prevalent uh, in my in my time in college. That's awesome. I love that story. And I, cause I think a lot of people, you know, when you grow up in the church, sometimes we do take for granted, you know, just that whole yes, just process of just going to church. It really doesn't sink in until, you know, right. college or you're an adult. And so I think that's a, I think that's a great story. You know, and you mentioned um, when you were kind of in your background information, starting coaching at Saul Ross, and then you went to East Texas Baptist to so talk about um, that, you know, maybe why you decided to pursue that career in coaching and yeah. then that, that start. Yeah, no doubt. Well, a guy that I, I look as a mentor in my career is a guy named Coach Phil Young. And Phil is the head coach at Fort Worth Arlington Heights High School right now. And he was the head coach at Cleburne High School when I moved there. And he was an alum of Cleburne and he just got the job. And so I was coming in right when he was coming in. And um, I'd always, you know, I, I, I kind of grew up without a father figure, just living with my mom. And so I'd always gravitated to um, my coaches, you know, that because like, I looked at them as father figures. And I looked at Phil as, you know, one of the, the bigger father figures in my life. Because he was one of those guys on the field, man. It was you, you made a mistake, you, you messed up, man. He was on you. you know, I played quarterback <laughs> for him. And he was, uh, I mean, he was really, 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 um, you know, just uh, on you. And it was hard. He was, he was freaking, um, you know, critical of all your decisions on the field. He's tough. I mean, he was, he was tough. He's quarterback coach, offensive coordinator. And, uh, he's also obviously our head coach, but he was uh, an offensive guy. So he. Um, he really developed as a quarterback. But then off the field, more importantly, he was a great Christian man. I mean, he, mm. he lived he lived it right. He walked it right. And he he had a hard edge. You know, he's a, you know, I think, um, you know, Coach Hobson, you know, our, our head coach here at Southern Miss says it best. This is what Phil Young, you know, when he says it, I feel Young pops in my mind is he's a good man with a hard edge, you know, and that's what, um, that's what Phil Young is. And so, um, you know, he's the one that really, 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 solidified my like all right I want to be a coach you know and so anyway so I go off to Sol Ross and go off to a couple colleges and end up at Sol Ross and when I transferred to Sol Ross I told the head coach Wayne Schrader who I'm forever grateful for um that I, I want an opportunity to coach when I'm done playing man I don't care what you if you want me to clean the bathrooms clean the blocker room I just want to coach man just let me coach and so he was like absolutely and um so that spring after my my senior year I became the quarterback's coach and we were uh we're actually running uh, the flex bone triple option with, for another OC. I, I, I ran it in junior high, and, uh, but we were trying to throw out. It was actually the old school 1989 John Jenkins stuff that he was doing with Andre Ware. Like that's we were throwing out. Mm -hmm. It was just it was unique, and so I never really taught that system. And anyway, so about midway through, he he was an older gentleman, and he um, you know said, "Man, I'm I'm done. I'm not doing this. You, you, you can have it." And so we started like running like the tempo tempo flex bone whatever you want to call it. I don't know. I was, we were just calling it fast. It was pretty fun. And so we, the kids had fun. So we were uh, playing fast, having fun. And, and the coach approached me after the deal and offered me the offensive coordinator job right out of college on June 1st. Wow. I never forget that meeting. Yeah, it was a blessing. Uh, Wayne Schrader, again, uh, I'm forever grateful for him for taking the chance on me and believing in me 
not only as a quarterback when I transferred there, but also as his offensive coordinator um, in a critical year in his career. You know, we needed to win. And, um, you know, and so he, uh, he entrusted me with that. And, uh, you know, I was blessed to coach a lot of really good players. And we just had a coaching staff that believed together. And we, we, we won some games and put some numbers up. And uh, then, uh, unfortunately, Coach Schrader got, got let go. So I guess we didn't, I guess we didn't win enough games. Mm. Uh, you know, but uh, he got let go in January. And so I'm sitting there scrambling, not not knowing what the next step is at all. And uh, being a guy named Jerry Poth, who's the defensive coordinator at uh, Brian Rutter High School and College Station right now, and Travis Hoffer, who's the defensive coordinator at Needville right now, uh, and a couple other guys that, that helped us coach. Brother Dan was one of them. Dan Dunnigan, he showed up every morning. He was our team chaplain, but he's helping us coach every morning. We didn't have enough coaches. And, uh, you know, we had two full-time coaches on the staff. I was the head coach of the D.C. That's it. I was a G.A. I was office coordinator, but I was the G.A. So wow. I was teaching, yeah, I was teaching golf class and um, and all that and working on masters and, and being the O.C. So uh, we're holding that thing together in the offseason, you know, getting the kids up early and working them and all that. But um, pretty soon got open the door uh, with a phone call from Josh Herbel, um, who is now the uh, senior offensive analyst at Kansas. Um and he hired me as his offensive coordinator uh, at East Texas Baptist when he got the head job there. I did not know Josh from Adam. It was a complete God thing. I, I don't, you know, I'm sure word of mouth, he may have heard my name, but then he, he's the one that he had to pick the phone up and call me. And, and thank God he did, you know, because, uh, you know, not only did we have great success at ETV, but I learned a ton. And uh, my wife and I learned a ton, you know, because we ended up getting married uh, during my time at ETBU and um, really advancing in our faith and advancing in our, our walk with Christ. And, um, so got to ETBU and uh, was there for four years, three as the offensive coordinator in 2015. Want to share the conference championship, something that hadn't been done there in a long time. And now mm-hmm. ETBU, I think, got they're on their, you know, I think they won four, had four straight winning seasons and that hadn't happened in school history. And so, uh, you know, it was an awesome turnaround. It's fun to be a part of. And um, uh, going into the 2016 year, Josh Ergel got the uh, O-line job at Austin P. And so uh, I was blessed and fortunate enough to get the opportunity to become the head coach um in 2016 uh when I was 26 years old and um we uh we we, we got that thing rolling and, and had fun and so um but that was my that that, that was kind of the journey between Sol Ross and, and uh ETBU that's awesome you know just a small little break here on ETBU those listening we've had a couple guys from ETBU on Brian Baca and then most recently, their current OC, Jason Bockel. So uh, we love yeah. talking ETBU football. A lot of solid guys show, associated with that. But then after that, what you led to your current position at Southern Miss. Um, talk about um, going from, or maybe the biggest adjustment, going from being a head coach of Division Three to being offensive coordinator, co-offensive coordinator, wide receiver coach at Division One. Yeah, uh, big adjustment. Uh, n- number one, going from the Division three level to the Division one level. Um, yeah. football's fo- you know, and, I, and everybody asks me that all the time. And you know, football's football, right? I mean, the 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 field dimensions don't change. You still score six points when you score a touchdown. Nothing. You know, football's football. The talent level is obviously a, um, you know, that that's obviously another uh, whole another level as a whole. But it's funny, you know, there's still there, I, I look back. It's it's cool perspective because I look back and there are still some specific players I coached in D3 that I know could play at this level. You know, it just, mm-hmm. whatever happened, whether it was academic, they got in trouble or something happened, you know, they, they fell to that level for whatever reason. But as a whole, the talent is obviously, you know, uh, much higher. It's a very competitive level, um, you know, but the biggest adjustment in, in, to me is recruiting. Uh, 
recruiting is right. 24-7, 365. It never stops uh, from Twitter to, um, you know, to text messages, to calls, to talking to parents and having visits. You know, you know, just last night we had a big time visit at our place. You know, we were up there until 10 o'clock in the summer. I mean, it's just – and that's, that's – but that's the normal for every college program, you know, at the FBS level nowadays. And so um, that was – that's a huge adjustment. And, and time, you know, time has been a, a huge adjustment where you're not getting uh, near as much time off, you know, uh, just in general. You know, it's – the calendar is set up for you to um, to work almost year-round. You don't got a lot of time off with your family. And so, um, you know, I just – I remember – us starting my first year at Southern Miss, we started fall camp July 24th and our season ended in the independence bowl against Florida state um, late December had to be like December 28th. Or actually it was December uh, 27th, I believe. Um, so, you know, that's a long season. And then we had to go immediately get ready for recruiting. And, um, you know, so it's just the time and the recruiting is a vast difference. Um, as far as my position is concerned, um, Going from a head coach and a coordinator to when I got here at Southern Miss, I was a position coach, coaching the slot receivers and tight ends. Um, and eventually that season, I moved to the running backs. And mm -hmm. then the next year, I took over the wideouts. And so okay. uh, now I've coached the wideouts full time for two years or going into my second year coaching them. But um, just going into a role where um, you, you may not have as much responsibility in game planning and things like that like that but you have a vast responsibility with the connection with your players and it's kind of it, it's been a blessing because I, I kind of skipped that in my career if you think about it going straight mm. to the coordinating and head coaching role not to say I didn't have relationships with my players but I was in that leadership role where I was more focused on okay how we're going to attack this team how we're going right. to recruit things things overall as a whole well now I'm an assistant coach and the most important job I have is making sure my room okay, I have a connection and relationship with those players and I have them prepared to play. And so that was a really different dynamic um, in a sense where it forced me to, man, really, really, really slow down and make a connection with my players. And I think ultimately in my career, it's going to it's gonna help me a ton because um, a lot of times I feel like when I was at Saul Ross and ETBU, it was just kind of go, 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 go. And Hey man, this this kid's struggling with this. All right, yeah, we'll talk about it, but we gotta go, man. You know, now it's you know I I've really slowed down and then you know making connections in those deep deep relationships with your players, um, and 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 understanding how to do that within your room, um, and then let that let that contribute to the whole. You know mm. that that's been something I've learned here at Southern Miss um, as an assistant coach that I think is going to be invaluable. That's awesome. That's very good. So this next question may be a little difficult. Um, I know some people struggle with, uh, you know, bragging on themselves. But when I was preparing for this, I read more than one article that um, people refer to you as the next Cliff Kingsbury, quote unquote. <laughs> you know, the next the, the next up and coming young offensive guy. And we know, you know, the story of Cliff Kingsbury and where he is now. So how do you balance that constant praise you know, when you, if you read that stuff with, you know, remaining humble. Yeah, that's a really, that's a, that is a tough question. First off, I, I don't know where the comparison with Cliff Kingsbury came in because he's like 6'5 and looks like a model and I'm nowhere near that. So, <laughs> I mean, we don't need, I mean, you know, that's not even, that's not even the same uh, ballpark there. But, uh, 
no, it's an honor to be thrown in with him. You know, when people compare that because he's an offensive genius. And yeah, Cliff and I, Cliff and I got to you know kind of connect and stuff. And he was he's one of the most humble guys you'll ever meet. You know, to be honest with you, because um, you know he didn't. He, I was a D three coach, man. I, he didn't have to open his door to me to come to Lubbock, Texas, and sit down and talk some ball with him and, and learn some stuff. But he did. You know, he he, mm. he treated he treated me just like if I was a dang NFL coach or something. I mean. You know, he you would know the difference. And so uh, finding humble guys like that in the profession is rare. And I think that a lot of people, they see the glitz and glamour of him and they think he's maybe this big time, whatever. He's not at all. He's one of the most humble guys I've ever met. And anybody that knows him will probably tell you that because he'll open his doors to anybody. And, you know, if you're willing to learn ball and you want to uh, go talk ball, man, he'll do it. He's all about it. So, um, but those, the, you know, and to answer your question about balancing, you know, praise and, you know, while remaining humble stuff, I, I'm just a big believer that, you know, you're one st- all of us, you're one step away. The, the the penthouse and the outhouse are real close together, and I think you're one step <laughs> away from from you know going going to that. And I and I think that you know having that, you got to have. I think the great coaches and great players, I think all have a paranoia for success. I think you got to be paranoid, and I, I really believe that. I think that you know if you don't have that paranoia, you're going to feed into all that praise, praise, praise. I'm always thinking when I hear that praise, 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 you know, in the back of my mind, you know, I'm not sitting here feeding into it in the back of my mind. I'm like, I've got to, I've got to get better. I've got to get better. I've got to find ways to get better. What's the next trend? What's the next thing? What's the next deal? Um, you know, I, I, I had a, um, a great coach once tell me um, that the innovators always got to stay ahead of the imitators. And mm. you know, that was a big quote to me. And so, you know, that's something that, you know, always stuck with me to say, Hey, don't ever be satisfied. And I think one, that day where we get satisfied and, and, and we feel like we've arrived, uh, which is something Coach Phil Young, again, he ingrained in my head in high school. He always said it. He's like, we ain't arrived yet. If you feel like you've arrived, then guess what? That's when you're about to get beat. And so I, I've, all, those things have always just resonated with me. And you hear that praise. To me, the people that praise you are the ones that when you fail, the first ones that are going to say, man, he's terrible. I, you know, he's you know, so you just, you just, you can't ride that roller coaster. And it's something I talk to my kids about, you know, I talk to, I talk to our players about it because it's easy for them to sit here and ride that roller coaster of success and hear the praise and just go with the flow. Well, you're going to be very inconsistent if you do that, because you're going to be really high one day, then you're going to be really low. And so it's all about staying steady in the boat and understanding that you're always one step away, um, you know, from going to the outhouse, you know, and that's that, you know, and then um, a big deal to me is, Football and it's it's hard. This is easier said than done because we're all co- we're coaches. We love football. We put a lot into this game. Our families, everything. But a great quote has always stuck with me um, that a coach told that, that has said, and it's been used several times. You know, football is you know it's what you do. It's not who you are. Mm-hmm. And that's something that's really big to me, and it goes back to I think well, our life with Christ. I think if if we accept Christ into our heart and have that foundation, you know, football. I'm not controlled by football. I'm not controlled by the game to where it can sway me one way too far or the other, but I've got my foundation in Christ. Who's always consistent. Who's always great. Who's always perfect and pleasing. And if my foundation's in him, guess what? I can, I can, I can go, I can do no wrong. Even if I get fired tomorrow, guess what? Guys, I'm going to work hard and God's going to open another door. I'm going to take advantage of that, that open door. And so, um, you know, I just think, you know, it's, it's just always critical to have that paranoia for success and understand that I can't get too high. I can't get too low. I got to stay consistent, steady in the boat. That's good. That's a good word. I mean, no matter whether you're a coach or 
in the business world. I mean, just to That's right. remain steady and just remember that our identity is found in Christ and not what we do. A hundred percent. Well, that's a struggle. Um, it is. You know, it is. I know it's it's not easy, um, especially in today in today's world of instant gratification through social media, right? Absolutely. You know, identity is absolutely is found in attention, really. Exactly right. Exactly. Yeah. So exactly. speaking of social media, there was a lot last week I saw on Twitter. So I, I, I kind of I want to ask this question. Um, yeah. I forgot where it came from, but it was about. You know, every coach cusses, every coach berates players, just some get captured on TV. Yeah. Example, last chance you. Right. <laughs> and right. I saw Tony, Tony Dungy retweeted it and, and basically refuted that, saying, look, I, you know, I, I played for and coached with some great guys and, you know, and goes on to talk about there's a difference in um, berating a guy and being demanding and correcting. So, right. you know, as a young coach who's been a head coach is now – you know, assistant coach at, at, a, at a big program. How do you, especially as a believer, how do you approach um, that part of the coaching um, where you, you find that balance of teaching, correcting, being demanding? Because some people think when you're demanding, you're degrading. But, you know, right. how, how do you balance that out? Because, you know, I, I talked to a coach last week down in Houston at the High School Coach Association, and, you know, he said he's been told, you don't cuss enough. You know, you don't cuss, <laughs> wow. cuss, you know, it's like, really, you know, so there's this persona, there's this uh, perception that coaches need to tear people down. So how do how do you approach yeah. it? To me, to, to me, it's all, it's, it's all about, cause I, and I'll be, and before I get going, I'm the first thing coach I'll tell you is I'm not going to sit here and say that I've never cussed in a practice right. at a play. Right. I'll be honest with you. I, I mean, I, I've let it go. I've, I've lost my temper and I'm not sitting there claiming to be a saint in that end. Right. And that's just the reality of it, you know? Absolutely. Um, but I will say this. One thing that I, I do believe that I take pride in, in not doing is degrading players. And mm-hmm. I, I think the biggest key that, that that I look at is how are our words being used? And I mean it like this. Are we using constructive criticism? Or are we building up the player versus – degrading the player and demeaning the player and attacking mm. him personally. And I think that's where, you know, you see the last chance you stuff or you see, um, you know, you hear coaches, you know, like that, that, that have a, a toxic culture, you know, you see a lot of demeaning of the player and, and, and where it's, it's personal and you're on them. You know, there is a time I believe that where we have to get onto our players stern. Right. Does that mean you have to cuss? No. However, that tone of voice, or that message has to get conveyed, that player has just got to know that you mean business and that we've got to get this done. And there's a time to be real and truthful with players. You know, mm-hmm. I, I tell, I tell I, you know, that's one of our core values in our receiver room here is honesty. And if, you know, a kid wants to come to my office and say, Coach, why am I not playing? Well, you better get ready to hear the truth because mm. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and just, if, just give you be a fairy tale and you know tell you all this you know pretty stuff and all this i'm, I'm gonna tell you real and i think at the end of the day kids want real they want this right they want truth they're never gonna admit that but they do um one key example is that when i left etbu um i can't tell you how many kids texted me called me told me man we missed the structure we missed the discipline mm. we want it and i don't and i'm not saying that but, but i'm saying they that like it, but at the time when I was there doing it, they, you know, I, heck, I, sometimes I thought they hated me, you know, I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, man, but it, but it, it was, it was, 
it was necessary. You know, it was it's necessary for growth as a as a not only a human being but as a team. It's necessary for people to be successful. Is that that stern discipline and, and those things they still tweet about our boot camps we used to have out there. All I see it even now they're tweeting about it. You know, three years ago and they're just making you know putting pictures up about it, laughing about it. And you know, those are the things they remember. You know, that's what brought them close. You know, but at the time, right. it's the worst thing. You know, I want to quit football. I don't want to do this. You know, but now it's like everything that's it, it galvanized them. You know, and so now. You know, they're, they're telling stories about it. So, but to go back to how we talk to players, I, I, I firmly believe it's about, you know, it's about our words. It's about not a demeaning the player, not de, not attack the player personally. And I, I always go over that with my guys early on in fall camp that when I'm correcting you on the field, I'm getting on you. It is never personal. And mm-hmm. they got to know that. And I do think you have to have a trust built up with your players to where they know that they see that and what your message is it whatever message you're telling them, you're backing up with your actions, you know, on the field. And so, um, you know, I, I've, I've, I've never been a believer. You have to use cuss words to get your point across. If you do, you know, just make sure it's in a, it, 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 it slips, make sure it's in a way, like I never go to practice planning on using a cuss word, you know, but I, I sometimes I get too passionate and, you know, fired up and, and I, and, I let one slip when I'm talking, you know, when I'm getting on a kid to get to this point or get here or whatever, you know, but at the end of the day, that message has just got to get across that I am correcting your effort, your technique, and you as a football player, I'm not demeaning you as a person. I'm not going to attack your race. I'm not going to attack your culture. I'm not going to attack those things. There's, there, there's a line, you know, there is a line. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not going to talk to any of my players in a way that I wouldn't want them to talk to me. I'm not going to, uh, demean them and their families and their backgrounds or anything in any type of way because that's to me that's where you attack them personally you're not being constructive at that point and then the message gets lost you know the message right. gets lost at that point and so right. uh, I think it's important to be uh, again I go back to that statement earlier I made earlier it's important to be um, uh, a good man with a hard edge you know a, mm. a guy that they know it's tough love you know they know man this guy loves me and he's gonna rip my butt but he's going to also come over and put his arm around me and say, the reason why I'm ripping your butt is because I think you, you could be pretty dang special. Yeah. The time, the time you should probably worry about, you know, really is when I don't say nothing to you. If I don't say <laughs> anything, you know, that's, if I stop talking to you, then I'm, I'm probably moving on, you know, and you, yeah. you, you, that's when you need to worry, you know? So, mm. so you talked about, um, when we talked about that question about division one, division three, division one, and the recruiting yeah. is, is year round. So how do you balance that? With being a husband, yeah, that's, tough. that's a million dollar question right there. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, number one, you gotta have a wife who understands, and I'm blessed. Callie, my wife, um, she gets it. She's been with me, like like I said earlier in the podcast. You know, she's been with me since I was a junior in high school, and um, she has been with me through thick and thin. She uh, traveled to Iowa to, to to Dort College where I started my career and watched the game. She traveled to Abilene, Texas. Arden Simmons, then she traveled all the way to Alpine, Texas. You know, we actually never lived in the same town, even though we went to the same high school. Um, her mom happened to work for the school district, and so they lived in another town about 20 minutes away. So, um, you know, that's how we went to the same high school. In college, we never went to the same college. Um, yet, we, you know, she, she, she's just strong and independent. You know, she, she's a woman that um, – you know, she don't need, she, you know, I like to think she needs me, but she doesn't, <laughs> you know, she, 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 she really doesn't, she's strong enough without me. Um, but I'm thankful she loves me and wants to be with me. So, um, she, she's, uh, she's very strong and she understands she never, and you know, 
it's it's almost her love is so like and, and my love for her is so strong but her love for me is so strong as well where she understands like I, I i know you're gonna be away i know you have to go do your job and i respect that and it's gonna be hard at times but i go let's go go do it and i'm here and you know and you know and i think making the most just little things texting throughout the day when you can um that's a big deal you know making sure you answer those text messages she sends um or sometimes during my lunch break you know uh, i might just send her a text hey how's your day going you know and she knows i'm thinking about her and um you know also uh include i'm blessed to have a head coach jay hobson who you know wants our wives to be around so when we do a visit like last night we had our visit all of our wives and you know the, the guys on staff who have kids they're all there at the visit you know so we can bring them you know, to these things. So we get to, you know, when we do our official visits and we go out to dinner and stuff, it's like, we always joke. It's like, we're stealing a date right there, you know? And so, um, you know, it's, it's, so those, those times are precious. And then when you do, when you are home and again, I haven't mastered this craft, you know, and I don't know what coach has, but um, when you are home, you know, be home. You know? Mm. And, and I think that's a critical deal to where, uh, and, and it doesn't mean, you know, that, uh, yeah, because it's, it's it's almost near impossible sometimes us as competitors not to think about football, not think about everything that went on that day. But I think just slow, you know, really taking a deep breath and listening to what your wife has to say when you come home. If it's a story she's telling about work, if it's uh, something that went on that day, I want to be attentive to that. And uh, usually I get called out when I'm not attentive to that. She, she, usually, gets, she, usually, she, usually, she usually gets me corrected pretty quick. But um, you want to be attentive to that and make the most of your time. Whether you get 30 minutes tonight, that night, or whatever, make the most of that time. Um, but I really am blessed to have an amazing wife that, that understands the hours and uh, she respects those hours. And, um, and and she's very strong in her walk with Christ has, um, has even kicked up to a new level because she knows that she needs to be dependent on him, um, you know, to be strong uh, during, during this, this, this crazy career we're in. And um, right. I, I think it's made us, it's made us closer to God and closer to Christ. That's awesome. So a lot of our listeners are student athletes and coaches. So um, in today's world, it's not as easy in some cases, some cases it is, some not for, right. for them to, to be bold in their faith. So, you know, athletics is a platform can be used for good or bad. So what would you say to encourage one that, you know, is, is a believer, but struggling with being bold and using that platform? Yeah, no doubt. It's probably it's probably one of the hardest things to do today, especially with social media and everything. Everybody wants to be liked. Everybody wants to be followed. Everybody wants to be in the you know. Everybody wants to be the same. Everybody wants to be. Hey, I want to be this part of that. But don't you know? My biggest thing, man. You know, we have enough people, you know, in this world that um, you know are are uh, wanting attention. We have enough people in this world that are just doing it for. Um, sport they're just doing it for the fame they're just doing it for that you know dare to be different is what i'm saying dare to be different there there don't don't be afraid to step out of the box um and to be different because you know the world's got enough uh quote-unquote normal people you know mm-hmm. I mean, don't you don't don't, don't it's, it's it's okay to not want to be average it's okay to to demand to want more and to demand more you know um that's something, you know, early in my career that, you know, I, 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 I struggle with. And I, I remember, you know, when I was at ETBU, uh, Coach Ergo gave me some of the best advice ever because we came off the practice field one day and I was like, man, these guys, they're just not getting it. You know, I was just struggling. They're not getting it. And he told me, never waver in your standard. He's like, they, they, these kids are going to, they're going to rise up to your standard 
at some day and we're going to be good for it. But right now, don't don't back down and lower your standard. Right, you you sit there and you stay firm in your belief and you keep that standard where it's at. Don't waver in it. And it's the same thing. Don't if you have a set of morals, beliefs um, with your walk with Christ, with what you believe, stand for it. You know what I mean? Stand for it. Don't be afraid to stand <laughs> in the gap. Um, you know, for Christ, and don't be afraid to to uh, to be bold. Again, I go back to that statement earlier. You know, football is what you do; it's not who you are. And when when it's all said and done, and I'm dead one day, and I'm standing before Christ, giving a testimony, uh, an accountability of my life, He's not going to ask me how many games I won. He's not going to ask me how many touchdowns we scored. He's gonna He's gonna ask how did I reflect Him? How did I make people around me better? And how did I influence them to be a believer? How did, how did I promote Christ within my life? How did I do that? That's what he's going to want to know. And then he's going to want to know, hey, you know, did we have a relationship? Did you really know me? You know, that's mm. what he's going to know. And so I've got to sit there and say, oh, you know, I, I, Lord, I did. I, I prayed every night. You know, I, got, I got in the word, you know, every day. Um, and, and I, and I seek I seek you in all that I did. Um, and when, you know, when that time comes, you know, I want to be able to say that, you know, and so, um, but my, you know, my, to, to, to the young folks, you know, c- coming up in this, in this day and age, just don't be afraid to be different. You know, don't be afraid to, this social media world we live in guys, it's a picture of what you see in someone's life. You know, you, you can, you can, you, you can see these people taking these pictures of these fancy places and being, you know, and everything just looks great, great, great. Guess what? They go through hard times too. I promise you. It ain't all, it ain't all just glitz and glamour like everybody thinks. Okay. Life is hard. Sports are hard. It's hard. Life is hard. Every, I mean, guys, don't be afraid to, to step out um, and stand in the gap and, and, and be vulnerable. And that was really hard for me. You know, that was, that was, that was hard. It's okay to be vulnerable. And when, you know, when we were at Sol Ross, they had never had an FCA program. We started the FCA program at, at Sol Ross when I was there and, um, with with myself and several players and brother Dan was a big influence in that. And, um, you know, we had to be bold. We had to go on campus and say, we're, we want to start an FCA program and we want to promote uh, Christ in our athletics um, at a university that was a state university. And we, so we, we had to, so, you know, we, we had to be, be, be different, <laughs> you know, we had to be different. We had to live our lives a little differently. You know, we had to, um, we, we, we had to take on, um, you know, a role uh, that, re- that reflected Christ. And so um, my, my, my best advice, guys, is, is don't dare to be different and don't, um, don't seek just to fit in. You know, seek to make a difference for Christ and, and seek to, uh, to be a positive influence and a positive impact for those around you. And they may not ever tell you, the people around you may never tell you, give you praise for that. But deep down in, in, in the hearts, I promise you, you're making an impact. So keep it going and be bold. You know, one of the things that I really liked you said um, was was also talking about it's okay to demand more and want more because there's this perception and it's false that if I'm a Christian, then I've got I'm a little you know Christians are soft, quote unquote, right? You know, so I think there's this fear that if I am bold in my faith, then I'm going to be viewed as um, I don't care as much about winning or whatever. But to me. Right. We should care more about winning. Oh my we gosh! Should, you know, as a Christian, you should work harder than everybody. You should, you know, your standard should be even higher. But that's not what the world thinks. And so, I like no, that you no. put that in there. Um, you know, not just daring to be different and, and standing out, but I, I liked how you talked about 
it, it's okay to want more and demand more because there's nothing wrong with that. I think there's the Bible is that. full of that. That's right. You know, exactly we're right. to do 100%. everything as if we're doing it for Christ, for Christ. which means a hundred percent. It doesn't That's mean right. soften right. a little bit, right? I, I, I'm so, so glad you said that coach. I'm not trying to get off on it, but, but that, that literally is literally what you said earlier about how there's a perception of Christianity being soft. That is one of my biggest pet peeves and something I talk a lot about to my players and guys. Being a Christian coach and being a Christian in general is the exact opposite of being soft. It's, it's probably the hardest thing to do. You think about That's right. Think, think, think of living a life. Think of, and, and to me, the toughest guy in all the world created Jesus Christ. How like that, that, that guy, what, what he, what he did, we endured on the cross, what he fought for. He was a servant. Think of all those things. That's the toughest. That's the toughest dude that this world has ever seen. That's the, and we sit there and it's so funny how we view the in society. We view Christian coaches. We view Christians as soft. Oh, I know. When, yeah. You know what I mean? As being, okay. If you cuss, oh, you're hard. That's a tough guy. That, that's the exact opposite. And so that, that's the message I want to get across too, man. You hit like, you hit it on the head. You got me stirred up there, man. I'm sorry. I'm, going off <laughs> I'm sorry, but, but, I'm serious. But, be, but being a Christian is hard. Being a Christian coach is hard. Being a, a servant is hard. It's not soft. It's not something that's, um, that, that's easy. And just because you're a Christian coach and you want to reflect Christ in the way you coach, that doesn't mean I just, I just want to be soft Joe and I don't care about winning. Boom. Crap, we want to win. Are you kidding me? That's we right. Win? Because, because when you win, and and I'm just being real here, when you win, you, you not, number one, as a coach, you have a platform. That's right. When you, when you win as a coach, you've got an even bigger platform. That's and right. guess what? That's, a bigger, that's an even bigger platform for you to reach more people, more kids, and promote Christ and, and promote his goodness. You know, that, I mean, that's, that's the reality. That, that, that's that's the reality of it, you know? And so we, as coaches, even if you want to lose, you got a platform, but when you win, you got an even bigger one. And that, and, and we've got to make sure we use that platform accordingly, but man, it's, that's, that's, that's the truth, man. That's the I truth. didn't mean to get you a little fired up there, but, uh, no, you got me going on a Sunday, man. You got me going on a Sunday, man. Sunday's supposed to be my relaxing day, but I'm going. It's too late. I'm sorry. Too late. <laughs> no, that's good stuff. No, it's good. It doesn't matter if you're in athletics again, it doesn't matter you know, where you are in life, um, there's that, there's, there is that perception and I, it You're drives right. me nuts too. So Same here, I, I was, I was glad you threw that in there about standards. Yes. So a couple sure. questions, uh, kind of close it out here. One, sure. a lot of people have a favorite verse or life verse. Um, so I was curious if you have that favorite scripture, or maybe there's one that God has used in your life recently that you'd share with us. Yeah. Um, you know, one that, one that we, you know, had at ETBU that, you know, has always stuck out to me in second Timothy one, seven, you know, for the spirit of God, uh, or for God did not give us a spirit of Timothy and fear, but of power, love and self-discipline. And I just love that verse, you know, cause it talks about, you know, it's it, fear is not, you know, or given by God fear is man-made man, you know, and I think a lot of people fear of, um, being embarrassed, fear of, um, not being good enough. They have a fear uh, of um, or they're timid about an opportunity. You know, they're scared to make a mistake or this and that. But God has called us to be bold. God has called us to step out in faith. God has called us to be powerful. And he's called us to be more than a conqueror. He's called us to be uh, a champion. He's called us to be great. It's no different than what you and I just talked about. You know, mm-hmm. God didn't say, hey, go, go coach football, lose a bunch of games. 
He wants you to win. He wants you to be successful. He wants you to be great. He wants you to uh, to to glorify His name. You know, more importantly. But um, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, it's 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 a verse that was was great for us as a team uh, in 2016 that uh, has always stuck with me. Um, because it, it, I wanted our guys to know that, man, it's, I wanted them to be vulnerable and step out and, and, and understand that, man, God has given them a, uh, uh, an amazing platform as a college athlete, and he's given them power. He's, he loves them, and he has not given them fear and given them a spirit of uh, being afraid or, um, or, or, or being hesitant. Um, he wants you to go all in. He doesn't want you to be a toe dipper, man. He wants you to jump all in. So true. So you said two words there that are real big, all in, and it's all over sports. You know, everybody knows what it means in sports. It's, it's been on chin straps, wristbands, T-shirts. I mean, it's just, it's all over. But also as a follower of Christ, that's what Christ demands of us is to be all in for him. So this is kind of a practical question. So I want to kind of close it out, Scotty, with, you know, what does that look like on a daily basis for you in your walk with Christ to be all in? Yeah, um, it's a great, well, it's a great two words, man. 2014, that was actually our our offensive slogan: "All in, man, <laughs> all in for everything." I, I remember distinctly, man. It was, uh, you know, that's a those are those are two key phrases thrown around. But um, you know, as a Christ follower and as a coach, I think to me, it's in your daily life being consistent. You know, with a, a being consistent with your walk with Christ, and 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 I think that means. Um, whether it's before you put your head on the pillow at night or it's right when you wake up in the morning. Um, shoot, it might be when you're brushing your teeth. It might be when you're eating breakfast. Man, stop and pray. And I think that that doing those things, um, having a daily uh, devotional that you get into um, or maybe a daily verse of the day that you read or a time of day where you have a book maybe you're reading that um, that, that that is uh, – oriented you know it's oriented with your relationship with christ Mm -hmm. um you know something of that along those lines um to me that's being all in it's not just when you're at practice it's not just when it's when it's when you're behind closed doors and no one can see you and you're not putting on twitter you're not putting it on instagram you're not putting Mm -hmm. it on facebook you know like it's where you're bold and, and it's you and it's just you and god you know uh you know it's it's something to where it's uh that to me that's being all in you know, is, is, is when it ain't just doing things in front of people where everybody can see you and this, that, the other. It's where you have a true relationship with Christ. You have something on your heart. Maybe you want to pray for, and maybe you're in the car and maybe, maybe, maybe you haven't, you haven't started the car yet. And before you start the car, you say a quick prayer, man. It's something between you and him that's intimate, that's deep. And guess what? That's going to carry over and spill into the areas of your life when you're when you're out there on the field coaching or you're recruiting or you're dealing with a player. Um, those things are naturally going to come out because you're living it behind closed doors. So to me, being all in is um, truly being um, a follower of Christ in, in, in all facets of your life. That doesn't mean you're perfect now. And that's something that's I, right. you know, I had to learn when I was coming up. I, I used to think that it meant I used to think I had a coach tell me one time that uh, Christian. Christianity is not a checklist, and that really cleared things up for me. And I, I thought that early on it was a checklist. I thought it was just, oh, I got to pray, I got to do this, I got to do that. No, no, no. It's just about a relationship with Jesus Christ. He wants you, and if you want a relationship with Jesus Christ, you're gonna pray, you're gonna think about Him, you're gonna think about your 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 loved ones and how you can be a better impact for them. You're gonna think about your your the kids you're coaching and how you can be better for them, and you're gonna you're gonna seek to um, 
reflect Christ in those areas of your life. And so, um, you know, you're going to fall short, you're going to mess up, but guess what? Your heart and your intentions are, are set on him and uh, they're set for good. I like that. How you tied it to behind closed doors because it goes back to that social media world. You know, it's like, well, if I didn't post it on social media, I must not read my Bible today. You know? There's no I mean, doubt. There's no right? doubt. You know, There's no but, doubt. There's no doubt about it. I'm this a hundred percent. It's, and it's, and I get it. It's so tempting. Like my wife and I went to a, a, a concert recently and, you know, it was so hard not to like, like I got there and first thing I want to do is, Oh man, film this and let's put it on Facebook or something. This would be cool. And, and she was like, do we, like, do we have to? I mean, it's just you and me time. And I, you know, it's on vacation. And, you know, I was like, you know what? I, I don't know why I had that, that, that temptation. It was no different. You know, you're, you're reading a scripture or something like that. Man, I don't want to show everybody. And it's, there's nothing wrong with there's right. There's a time it. for it. There's a time for it. No doubt about it. But I do think that behind closed doors is where that relationship, man, it, it can really take it to it, go to another level. And I think that um, it's about just being real and genuine, man. And, and yeah. A true follower of the word. Man, that's good stuff. And you know what? That's a, I know there's a lot of people that be encouraged by that, but I, I take a lot of notes when we're recording these and, you know, I, I wrote that down because that's just a, a reminder I need every day too that you know I need to look at my own heart and look at my own life and how am I living when nobody's around versus right. you know yes it's important to look at how I'm living when I'm with others but really it all starts with when it's just me and God what's happening that's right, that's right. no doubt about yes. it man I appreciate that. that's good stuff yeah. hey I know uh I know you've got a lot going on so um I appreciate your time thanks for sharing your story and uh your passion i you know i I can hear it and see it um you know your passion for christ and i appreciate that no i appreciate you thank you for having me on coach it was an honor you bet wow thank you again to to scotty for taking time the busy fall camp season to to share his heart share his story i told you in the intro to get ready there's a lot of passion so i hope you enjoyed hearing from scotty i know i did um, I, we could have talked for hours, but so many different takeaways as I look at my notes. Um, this applies to no matter where you are in life. He said football is what you do, not who you are. Your foundation is in Christ. But that's, that's true that no matter where you are in life. It's not just in football. Insert wherever you are in life, whatever you do. That's what you do. It's not who you are. Who you are is a foundation in Christ. That's what determines your identity. There's just so much um, we could go over. Um, another quote I liked with Christianity, it's not a checklist. It's a relationship with Jesus. So many times we get caught up in, did I read my Bible? Did I pray? Did I tell somebody about Jesus? Did I not do this sin, not do this sin? That's a checklist. This is a relationship with Jesus. You know, just so many things about um being bold and being all in, you know, a lot of times we want to we want to fit in. We want to be liked, but Scotty challenged us: don't seek to fit in. You know, and the being a servant, as Jesus came to serve, not to be served. He came to serve. He's the model servant. It's not easy. It's hard. It requires so much of us. It requires sacrifice. It requires putting aside our ego. There's so much that's that is involved in being a servant, but it's so rewarding. And that's what Jesus calls us 
to be. And we can't be afraid, but it also doesn't mean we're soft. Being a follower of Christ doesn't mean you're soft. It's okay to demand a lot out of people. It's okay to demand excellence, to achieve for excellence, because that's being all in. But we're to be different in the way we live our lives. The last thing was our relationship with Jesus is not on social media. It's not in the public. That's okay. But it's what happens when it's just you and God, me and God. That's where it really happens. That's the high points as I sit here and go through the recap and look at my notes. But I would just encourage you just to remember who you are in Christ. It's not what you do. So don't get caught up in seeking identity, seeking significance in a career or in something. Seek your significance. Seek your identity with a relationship with Jesus. And remember, it's not a checklist. We don't have... We don't live day to day, minute by minute, with do's and don'ts. It's it's about a relationship. Just be consistent. Be consistent. I hope you enjoyed it. I encourage you, as always, to share this with a family member or a friend. I know there's somebody that needs to be encouraged. I'd also ask you, if you're not a current subscriber, no matter what podcast platform you're listening to right now, click the subscribe button. There's 94 previous episodes. I know that will encourage you. And there's a lot more coming. I've never been so excited about what's to come as I look back and see what God has done through 94 episodes and what the encouragement that they've meant to me in my personal walk. And I know to many of you listening, they've encouraged you, but I am so excited about what's to come. Greater things are coming. God is doing far more than we could ever dream or imagine. That is an incredible encouragement, and you should be encouraged as well. Last thing is, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can interact with us on our social media or on our website. You can just go to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, search All In Sports Outreach. Send us a message, find out of opportunities that are coming up for pray for us to serve with us and to give, or our website, www.allinsportsoutreach.org. Find out who we are, why we do what we do. We appreciate you listening. Appreciate your support, your encouragement, and your prayers.